So last week we started ministering on the secret to a blessed life. Who of you were here last week? Let me see your hand. Who of you were challenged and blessed? So we want to continue to minister on the secret to a blessed life. I want to say the main reason why I'm ministering on finances is really for all of you to know the truth, what the Bible says about enjoying a blessed life. The Bible says in John 10 verse 10 that Christ came for this very reason, to give us life in abundance, superior in quality and superabundant in quantity. So I want to continue this morning on the second part, on putting God first. So last week we dealt with, it's all about the heart. God is not after your money, everything belongs to Him in any case. He's rich beyond your wildest dreams. He's not after your money, He's after your heart. Amen. So the Bible says in Hebrews 13 verse 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. It's important to understand that, that when we look at things like finances, like tithing and giving, we'll be quoting scriptures from the Old Testament and we'll be quoting scriptures from the New Testament. Although there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament, we don't have an old God and a new God. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. So if God hated sin in the Old Testament, He's going to hate sin in the New Testament. It was after your heart in the Old Testament, is after your heart in the New Testament. So oftentimes what we do is we use Old Testament scriptures, which is a shadow and a type, to try and explain the substance. Amen? Do you know that the Old Testament is a shadow and a type? Where the New Testament is the fullness. It's the real thing. Amen. If I want to describe my daughter to you, I don't describe her shadow to you. If I describe the shadow, I can make a lot of mistakes. Am I right? So when we look at anything as believers that got saved, we have Christ on the inside. Even when we view the Old Testament, we should always look at it through what Christ has done on the cross for us. And see if what is asked of us still applies in our lives today. Let me use an example. In the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice lambs. Is that right? Do we still have to sacrifice lambs today? Why? Because the Lamb, Jesus Christ, was sacrificed for us. Amen. So the Bible says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. So if you wanted you blessed in the Old Testament, He wants you to be blessed in the New Testament. Israel in the Old Testament is a shadow and a type of the church. Amen? So everything that God wanted for Israel in the Old Testament, He wants for you today. Amen. So the Bible says in Malachi 3 verse 6, I am the Lord your God, I change not. For this very reason, O Jacob, you are not consumed. So God says, I am the same yesterday, today and forever. I do not change. Because I don't change, you are not consumed. Because I'm a loving God, a merciful God in the Old Testament, and I'm a loving and merciful God in the New Testament. This is the very reason why you are not consumed. Because I don't change. The reason why God cannot change is because God is perfect. If God could improve in His loving kindness towards us, He could change. But His loving kindness towards you is perfect. His mercy towards you is perfect. The measure that He wants to bless you is always, my cup runneth over. 
So the reason why God cannot change is because He's perfect. If you have got the perfect marriage, it means you have the perfect husband or the perfect wife. If you have the perfect children, how can they improve in anything? That's why we are moving towards perfection. Turn to the person next to you, say to them, you're not perfect yet. But I'm so glad a perfect God lives on the inside of you. There's hope for you and there's hope for me. Amen. So the reason why God cannot change is because God is perfect. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to minister on Malachi 3 next week, so don't miss next week. But this is just an introduction there for you to know that God says, I'm the same. I'm never going to change. That's why the Bible says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's mind concerning that is never, ever going to change. So let's continue. Turn to the person next to you, ask them, who's first? Yes. Turn to the person on the other side, ask them, who's first? Yes. So if God is after your heart, if God, if my wife has got my heart, she knows she's first. So I'm just continuing to lay a foundation to get to the tithing part next week. To deal with Malachi 3, where the Bible says, if you don't give, you are cursed with a curse. But if you give, there's certain blessings in your life. So we're laying our foundation concerning that. To see what God has planned for you. You know why it's so important to deal with this matter? So don't miss next week. Most people here from different cultures have gone to witch doctors or shangomas or white witches or wizards, whatever. Where those people have cursed people. Then they see what happened in those people's lives and they come to Christ to be set free, to be delivered. But now you tell them, God is ready to curse you as well. So what hope is there for people if we're telling them that the person that's setting you free is also cursing you? That's why Christians sometimes are so confused because they're, 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 they're preaching a schizophrenic Christ to people. The one hand wants to bless you and the one hand wants to curse you. So I'm going to deal with that next week, so don't miss it. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus 13 verse 1. So the sermon topic for this week, who's first in your life? So Exodus 13 verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast. It's mine. So God says the first of everything is mine. It belongs to me. Don't touch it. Let me tell you, when God created the heavens and the earth, the first to the sixth day, He said everything was good. Matter of fact, He says it was very good. The seventh day, He said it's holy. When something is holy, it means God is involved. It means that belongs to God. He's the only one who can make something holy. That's why we can be holy, because He's holy. We can have righteousness in our life because He's righteous. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we can be the righteousness of Christ. Amen. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says, The first belongs to me. Verse 11. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of Canaanites as He swore to you and your fathers and gives it to you. He says, God is taking you into the promised land now. Who of you are ready to enter into the promised land? Verse 12 that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. 
That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. So it shall be when your son asks you in the time to come, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So God says, Here is the rules. I am a holy God. I am a perfect God. The firstborn belongs to me. If it is a donkey, don't bring a donkey to me. It is not acceptable sacrifice unto me. Only thing that will work is that which is pure, which is perfect, without fault, without blemish. Bring a lamb in the place of that which is not pure, or which is not accepted by me. That's what he says. He says, the firstborn belongs to me, so if you have sheep here, the first lamb, that belongs to me. If it's a donkey, and you want to keep that donkey, the sacrifice is a lamb or a goat. If you don't want to keep it, then break the donkey's neck, but it belongs to me. It says, your own children, the firstborn belongs to me. Bring a lamb and sacrifice that so that it can be redeemed. Now just think about that. We all not pure. We are all unclean. That's why Jesus Christ came to redeem us. Jesus Christ was God the Father's first fruit that he gave in faith so that we can become sons of the Most High God. Can you see that? It's a principle where God says the first belongs to me. When God talks about Israel and Egypt, He says Israel is my firstborn. It's my first fruits. Now if Israel is His first fruits, what does it mean? It means it belongs to God. That's why Pharaoh couldn't keep them. Amen? So, do you understand what's happened here? Christ was the first seed. That God the Father sowed. Because of that, many are born again today. Turn to the person next and ask them, who's first in your life? God gave Jesus Christ by faith, expecting a return. That which was holy, that which was pure, is the only thing that could redeem us, which were not holy, which were not pure. And today you are born again. So just think about that. If it's not redeemed, it must be killed. So now think quickly what happened in Egypt. When God said through Moses to Pharaoh, the firstborn belongs to who? Belongs to God. So if you don't apply the blood against the doorpost, what will happen? If you don't redeem it by the lamb, which is pure, what will happen? will die. And that's what happened there. It's not God that got now the idea of hardening his heart. Pharaoh's heart was hardened already. That's why God handed his heart over to be hardened even more. Amen? So turn to the person and ask them, who's first in your life? So this morning is going to be more some Bible study where we're going to move Old Testament and the New Testament. So here God clearly says, the firstborn belongs to me. Are you all convinced in your heart? That God says the firstborn, okay, let's go look at Genesis 14, verse 18. If God does not change, this principle of first fruits should be right from the beginning. Am I right? Am I right? Shouldn't be something new that started now in the New Testament. It should be right from the beginning. 
So let's look at verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be Most High. He has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. So what happened here? This is the first time where it's mentioned that anybody gave a tithe. The word tithe is used here. Abraham giving unto Melchizedek, a type of Christ. Type of Christ. What did Melchizedek bring out? Bread and wine. What does that speak of? That speaks of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A matter of fact, this tells us that this Melchizedek had a full revelation of atonement. And we have to accept here that Abraham also had this revelation that Melchizedek, the elements of the bread, the body of Christ being broken, the blood that's been shed, that he had a revelation and, a revelation and understanding of atonement. That Jesus Christ is his Savior. Jesus Christ is the one who redeems him. The blood that was shed, the body that was broken. Because he's in this relationship with Christ Jesus, he now gives a tithe. He honors him. Amen? So giving, this giving of the tithe was 430 years before the law. Before the law. Because God is after our hearts. Out of this relationship, Abraham started tithing. So what happened later on in the law? Say, okay, we know that you have a relationship with Jesus, just give your money. When the law came, sin revived and I died. This giving of the tithe was never birthed as a law. A matter of fact, giving is a principle, it's not a law. Turn to the person next to you and say, giving is a principle. It's not a law. If you make giving a law in your life, it won't produce any fruit, and I'm going to touch on that next week. Giving is a principle. Principle produces life in our lives. And so never give as a law. You give because you're in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So even here in giving this type, it's the first instance mentioned where God is praised. Blessed be God of the Most High Possessor of heaven and earth. So where did Abraham hear about this principle? How did he understand it? Where did it come from? Can we go a little bit earlier in the Bible and just see what the Word of God says here? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, who's first in your life? This has been the challenge with Adam and Eve right from the beginning. God was asking them, who's first in your life? Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 2, verse 9. Now remember, before the Israelites went into the Promised Land, God said to them, this is what I want to explain to you. The first belongs to me. So here the Bible says in Genesis 2, verse 9. Let's start from verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So all the trees that God had made was good for eating. It was nice to look at. God said, of all these trees, enjoy it. Amen? Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely 
die. Yet God says you can eat of everything, but this tree belongs to me. Don't touch it. It's mine. Everything, eat it. But this is mine. Today, when it comes to giving your first, we all find ourselves in that same position that Adam found himself in. Will you decide what is good and evil with the first that's in your hand? Or will you rely upon God knowing? The Bible says, Romans 11, that if the first portion is holy, that first portion that's holy sanctifies the rest. That's what the Bible says, Romans 11. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So this is what God is saying. This is how I work. I want to be first in your life. So give me first. This tree is mine. Don't you make that decision. True humility is total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. This putting God first with material things in your hand reveals what's really going on in your heart. Like baptism is an outward sign of an inward person being born again. Baptism is that outward sign that a person is born again. In the same way, when we put God first in our giving, we show in our hearts that we've put Him first. Amen? But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. This is the true test that people write every week. If you get paid weekly, that's the test you write weekly. If you get paid every second week, every fortnight, you're going to write that test every fortnight. If you get paid once a month, you can write that test once a month. Number one, will I put God first? Then the decision of people also after that make, where do I give? I'll decide where I will give. And we look what the Bible says where you should give. So, are you still following with me? We're just laying a foundation. Okay, let's move on a little bit to Genesis 4. Here we have the first time where people came to bring offerings. Genesis 4 verse 1. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. So he didn't bring the first fruit. In the process of time, he said, okay, let me take this, let me take this, I'm first going to do that. In the process of time, he brought an offering to the Lord. He said, Lord, I want to just give this to you. Where did they learn that they have to bring something to God? Obviously from their father Adam. Told them you have to put God first in everything that you have. Verse 4. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Here we have two brothers. The one brought the first. The one brought that in the process of time. God could not but accept Abel's offering. Because he brought the first. But God is never happy with second best. Is Jesus number one in your life? This is the challenge that most of us sit with. Not giving Jesus the rightful place in our hearts. We want to decide when it's the best, when it's convenient. 
Are you waiting for a convenient time to put Jesus first? Or will you make the decision today to put Him first? Can you see here? The reason why God did not accept it is because He didn't put God first. Now suddenly this is the most, the best lamb I've ever had. It's going to produce, when you look in the natural at that, you think, uh -uh, I have to keep this one. But He didn't. He took the first and He gave it to the Lord. Turn to the person next to you and ask them who's first in your life. Turn to the person on the other side and ask them who's first in your life. Are you still happy? We're just laying a foundation. So let's go to Exodus 23 verse 19. So here the Bible says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. What does the Bible say? The command to the Israelites when they went into the promised land, the first city, Jericho. What did God say? Jericho belongs to me. Every city after that, you can have that. But this city belongs to me. What happened when some of the spoils were kept back? It was not a blessing anymore. If you that are unholy touch something that is holy, what happens? You may not touch that. Cannot. Even the priests, when they went into the Holy of Holies, they had to sanctify themselves. So God says, that belongs to me. Don't touch it. If you touch it, there's not a blessing in it. And I'll share with you what that means next week. So it says, the first of the first fruit of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Do you know when you come and you bring the first of the first, just through that action you are releasing angels to act on your behalf. That's why the book of Malachi says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. How can that be? Because when you have given, you have put God first, it releases angels in your life to assist you and to help you. Amen? Behold, I will send angels before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. You know what? Abraham, when they started giving and they realized that God's blessing rested upon them, they started doing some really crazy things. Have you watched the movie Fake Like Potatoes? Where there was a drought, but Angus Buckham planted potatoes and he had a harvest. If you go look at the book of Genesis 26 verse 1, the Bible says there, there was a famine, besides the first famine. In other words, it was dry, and then it just got much drier. There was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abram, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. If you read from verse 12, it says, Then he started to sow. In that drought he sowed, and he reaped a hundredfold. Is that right? And now, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Verse 13. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. This is a guy, I mean, common sense will just tell you, brother, when it's dry and it's the second drought, you don't sow. You don't sow. He said, on my seed there rests a blessing. They rest a favor that even when it's dry, I can sow and I'll still have a harvest because I've put 
God first. It was not dependent upon the rain and the weather. This was the secret to God's economy. The world had a certain economy of how they would look at things and do things based upon making decisions, good and evil. You know, many people today live a good life without Christ making good decisions. The problem is they're not depending upon Christ who knows everything. That's our test. Every, every time a blessing comes into our hands. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, who are you putting first? Are you learning something? Today is just a little bit of Bible study. Next week it will be a lot of preaching. So let's go on. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 31 verse 5. The Bible says, As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. Let me tell you something about bringing the tithe, bringing the first fruit unto the Lord. Every reference in the Bible says, bring it. Bring it. That means if God says, bring it, He doesn't say, give it. He says, bring it. Why? Because that portion doesn't belong to you. If it belonged to you, you could give it, but it doesn't belong to you. That's why God says, bring it to me. Let me use an example. Let's say Bombi, this car is in for a service, was being prepared, and he says, uh, Pastor, I know you're going away for a week, and uh, could I just use your vehicle? Could I use your car? And I said, no problem, you can use my car. You can have it. Here it is. And I give the keys to him, and he drives around with a car for a week. So now after a week, I'm back. And I phone him, I say, Bombi, can you please uh, bring my car, I have need of it. He says, Pastor, I've got such good news for you. He says, my wife and myself, we've prayed about it. And we want to bless you with a car. What car is this, Bombi? No, it's the Mercedes C180. So, Bombi, that car belongs to me. No, no, no. But we've prayed about it. And we really want to bless you. Be blessed, Pastor. Here's the key. Be blessed. <laughs> Say, Bombi, please, just bring my car. <laughs> This oftentimes what we do with the Lord. God says, this belongs to me. And now we start acting all spiritual, saying, I've decided I want to give my tithe. Your tithe does not belong to you. Your tithe belongs to God. A matter of fact, if you go look at Abraham, Genesis 22. This after Genesis 14, we understood atonement. That salvation would come through Christ, the firstborn. The Bible comes and He says to Abraham, the Bible says, God came and He tested Abraham. He said, give me your first fruit, your firstborn. The Bible says, early the next morning He got up and He said, let me go. He didn't say, let me fast about this for a week, pray about this for a week. Because He understood the principle. That revelation, understanding of that. God tested Him. Because God tested Abraham, today, sons of Abraham can test God. That's why God says in Malachi, test me now in this. If I will not open the windows of heaven, because Father Abraham was prepared to give his first. 
Because Jesus Christ was given as the first. God says now, test me in this. See that there's a relationship between us. What does Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 say? It says, it's the Lord God who gives you power to prosper, to be successful, so that He can establish His covenant between you and Him. What is this about? A relationship between you and God. All that you are doing when you are giving your first fruits, you are acknowledging that you are putting God first in your life. And when you put God first in your life, that first portion that is holy and belongs unto the Lord, sanctifies the rest. What do you want in your life? 100% not with God's presence on it, or 90% with God's presence on it? God says, enjoy all of it, but the first fruit, that 10%, belongs to me. Amen. So when it comes to tithing, you're not giving it, you're bringing it. So whether you bring it to the storehouse here, or whether you do electronic transfer, you're bringing it unto the Lord. God sees it, God blesses it, and God sanctifies it. That sanctifies the whole lump. Amen? Let's close. Let's go to Matthew 22. So next week I'm going to be ministering on what test? What test? Who of you have written tests in your life? Who of you have arrived at a place and they said, are you ready for the test? And you said, what test? <laughs> the Bible says in Isaiah 4 verse 6, My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So when it comes to finances, to being living a blessed life, knowing what the secret to it is, sometimes we don't have the knowledge. That's why we're not giving, because we don't know. The book of Isaiah says, My people are put into captivity. In other words, you are bound because of a lack of knowledge, not knowing the truth. So now God has said here, in the book of Malachi, and we'll look at it next week, He says, test me now in this. Test me now in this. If you give your tithe, I will open the windows of heaven. God tested Abraham. Very interesting, 10 always refers to testing. If you go look in the Bible and you study it, 10 is testing. Tithe is a 10, it's a test. To show where is your heart. Ten commandments. Testing. Ten virgins. Testing. Before the Israelites left Egypt for ten days. So the Bible says, show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. What is God saying here to them? They're talking about money. Who to give to. And he says, why are you testing me in this? You've not come to put me first. You're a bunch of hypocrites coming to test me. Give me the coin. Whose image is on this coin? Say, it's the image of Caesar. He says, okay, here's my advice to you now. Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. In whose image are you made? Are you not made in God's image? So he was saying to them, you guys have come to test me. Let me give you some advice. If you want to put God first, that which is made in Caesar's image, give it to Caesar. 
But you that are made in God's image, surrender yourself to God. Put Him first. That's what He was saying to them. If you put God first, if God has got your heart, He's got everything in any case. All He's asking of you is this one little portion. Let me tell you something. When it comes to first fruits, and God's children, God doesn't say in His Word that it's a suggestion. He actually commands it. Putting God first as a Christian, in other words, giving your first fruit, is entry-level commitment. Turn to the person next and ask them who's first in your life. In 1 Corinthians 16 verse 1, Paul is not making a suggestion. He's giving an order. Is it there, 1 Corinthians? Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. Can you see that? It's a clear instruction. As a Christian, we put God first. Not because we fear Him, but because we love Him so much. It's a principle in here. I started with Exodus 13. We go to Exodus 13 verse 14. The Bible says here, So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him? By the strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. What does the Lord command Israel here? The people here. He says, When you give your first fruit, there will come a time where your children will come to you. And say, Daddy, what are you doing? He says, when you're a farmer busy with the sheep, and you've had a good time, and there's many lambs, and your son sees you taking the firstborn of all of them and offering up to the Lord, he's going to come to you and say, Daddy, we in the sheep business, and right now you're killing all our prophets. What you're doing is not, not wisdom. He says, when your son comes and he does that, Use the opportunity to explain to him where you came from. Say to them, this is what the Lord commanded us. If we give this unto the Lord, the rest will be blessed. So when you come and you, you write that check or you do that transfer and he comes in, use it as an opportunity to witness to him. Say there was a time when we were in Egypt where we didn't have these sheep. When we were in bondage and the God delivered us. He had set us free. We had moved from Egypt into the promised land. We are enjoying all of this. And this is our way of giving it unto the Lord. The truth is, all first fruit given unto the Lord is never a waste. But everything that's not given unto the Lord first always goes to waste. The test that the Israelites had to write in the wilderness with the golden calf. That which was intended for the temple was wasted. Have you made a decision in your heart to put God first? If God is first in your life, a blessing is released in your life. This is the secret to the blessed life. It's, it's me coming to you. You've read it in the Bible. You know, if I give Bombi an ATM card with unlimited funds, but I don't give him the pin, is it going to help him? So here's the advice. If you want God to bless your finances, don't do it in the process of time. Make a decision in your heart to put God first. You know, when it comes to giving, when, when I receive income, I make a decision to, to transfer that money first. 
Because in my heart, I'm putting God first. It's that first money that comes into your hand that you sow. But our intention before God is to put God first. To sow first. Well, it's very simple. The one you're going to give first is the one who's going to hold that blessing. It's the one that you are giving unto the Lord that will sanctify the rest, that will cause the blessing on the rest. So this is the secret to the blessed life. Put God first in everything that you do. Next week I'm going to continue to share concerning Malachi 3. This is a simple message. We are laying a foundation. Put Jesus first in your life. In everything. Make a decision. Purpose today. This is not a quick rich scheme. This is a secret to living a blessed life. If you're a teenager, start giving that which comes into your hand. Don't think I only have to start giving when I earn a salary one day and I've got a job. No. Now already, teach your children the principle of sowing. They get 10 rand. Put one rand aside unto the Lord. Teach them that principle in their lives. You know, many people in the world, it's the principle of sowing and reaping. Many people in the world sow. A farmer that's not born again and a farmer that's born again, both of them, if they plant seed, they will have a harvest. The difference with the child of God, as he puts his faith in God, as he honors God with his first fruit, there's a blessing that rests upon what he is doing. There's a blessing that rests upon his harvest. So you'll see in time that his crop will be much bigger. And there's many testimonies of farmers that put God first, that their crops grow higher, their corn has, has more, but a ton per hectare that comes off. Stories that I've heard in drought even where certain farms would just receive rain because those people are honoring God. That's where you can be like uh, Abraham, like an Isaac, in the famine. You'll sow because you know God is your Lord. You are, when you put the Lord first, He will see you through. You know, let me just share this testimony. When I started giving my tithes and my offerings, you know, you, you hear preachers saying, when you give now, you're going to get a big blessing. And as I started tithing, I didn't see immediately what God was doing. And then one day I asked God and I said, Lord, I don't understand. I'm hearing all these people, they give this and they receive that. I'm just giving my tithe and going on. And the Lord said to me, my son, you're not sowing for a time such as this. You're laying a foundation. Surely what you are planting, you'll see a harvest. And I saw that blessing. Very soon I saw that blessing. So put God first. If you've been putting God first, you have a solid foundation. A person that gives unto the Lord has got a solid foundation. When he finds himself in a difficult time, you'll find a hand helping him. Because God is no man that he should lie. Amen. God bless you. Precious Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Father, this is a message of deliverance, a message of salvation, a message of hope.